This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15. And welcome to Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. Brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021, as of the recording of this episode. And I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by co-host and president and founder and all things awesome. And we're so glad he is with us. And that is Jacob Paulson. Thanks, Riley. Yeah, we're super excited to have him with us here today. Uh, Some of you listening, actually many of you listening, may not have any idea as to what's transpired over the last month. And as to how much of that we'll get into, that's up to Jacob here today. We're going to talk about five lessons for life, as Jacob Paulson has brought to us uh, for this episode today. Things that he's learned in the last 30 some odd days. Uh, It's going to be a little different episode than our usual episodes, but I think it and I, I hope that it'll be still valuable to each of you listening or viewing wherever you are. I see this episode as being in the sort of like mindset or spiritual fitness category. And so uh, that's still an important thing. We're not going to be talking about high-speed shooting, reloading tactics stuff today. We're going to be talking about the stuff that makes you hopefully a better person. And uh, that's an important part of our concealed carry journey. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by CCW Safe. We are proud partners uh, together with CCW Safe, and they sponsor the podcast just as they recently also sponsored as title sponsor our 2021 Guardian Conference. Um, but we are here to tell you guys that CCW Safe is our preferred choice for defense, self-defense legal coverage. So go on to ccwsafe.com, check out their various plans, see what they're all about. I would encourage you to peruse their blog There's a lot of really great content on their blog, Uh, stories from people that they've helped, also interviews and podcasts and videos from from really, really knowledgeable folks that will benefit you in your knowledge as it relates to concealed carry, self-defense law, and so on and so forth. So guys, uh, go on to ccwsafe.com. And if you're going to sign up for coverage today, I would encourage you to use the coupon code CC podcast to save 10%. Today's other sponsor of this episode is Excess Sites. ExcessSites.com is the website. I am a huge fan of their sites, especially the F8 Night Sites. I know many of you probably have heard that before and probably you're tired of hearing that. But uh, guys, hey, if you haven't already checked them out or if you're still messing around with factory sites on your factory gun, Hey, maybe it's a good, a good time to consider a switch over to a better quality site because I'll tell you, most guns that come from the factory don't come with very good sights. Uh, we, we need higher visibility, especially on the front sight, uh, high contrast, and excess sights do all those things. Plus, uh, they're made in America and they're high quality. So check out excesssites.com. Find your next set of sights here today. So I'm kind of like, 
I'm, I'm actually struggling a little bit, Jacob, partly because one, we're out of practice from doing the podcast. And number two, I'm really unsure about, you know, where we're going to go with all this today. Uh, because this is, this is going to be a little bit different episode. So I guess I'm going to look to you to help guide us through this. I mean, it's going to be a lot, a lot of you actually, uh, sharing your thoughts and, and, you know, uh, what's on your mind because of recent experiences. Um, you know, folks, uh, if you're just tuning in and maybe you missed episode 14 of season three, but, uh, Matthew and I just kind of gave you a little bit of an update that we've, we've missed uh, about a month or so of episodes, um, for some very valid reasons. Uh, that's primarily because we were simply too busy to get them done and we were too busy for some very good reasons. Um, I could, I could talk about the guardian conference that was, that required all hands on deck and was an absolute, uh, wonderful conference, but it was really, really challenging to get all the final plans and, and preparations in order, uh, which was just less than two weeks ago. And then of course, there's just been other things going on as well. But uh, on top of that, we didn't have our main man, Jacob Paulson for really any of the last 30 plus days in, uh, you know, in a meaningful capacity. So uh, it has been a challenging month. It's been a challenging month for Jacob, especially so it's been a challenging month for me trying to manage more than what any one person could do. Uh, and, and for all those on our team as well that have all had to step up. So with that kind of context in place, Jacob, where do you want to take this and what, what do you want to say? Well, let me summarize what the experience was for those who, who feel we might be beating around the bush. So on August 25th, I, uh, I got sick yeah, and maybe started out like maybe a traditional sickness, but quickly turned out to not to be so. For a period of about ten days or so, I just, I just was in bad, bad shape. You know, I, I didn't look at my computer, didn't do any work, and I just was in tons of pain and uh, delirious. You know, like weird hallucination kind of stuff. It was just not super good. And uh, you know, went to doctors, went to an urgent care, and uh, the only thing anyone really could agree on was that I didn't have COVID. I have five negative COVID tests from different clinics and doctors and hospitals. But on September 4th, uh, on a second trip to an ER, they pulled some blood cultures and figured out that I had a pretty nasty bacterial infection. So bacterial infection is an interesting thing because, you know, certainly there's activities that you can do that make you more prone to bacterial infections. You can, you know, play with needles, you know, uh, you can, play with monkeys or ferrets and stuff. I don't know. But but in my case, to date, we still have no real idea how I contracted this bacterial infection. But we were pretty late, you know, in catching it. So the hospital admitted me, um, not just because I had an infection and, you know, antibiotics will kill it, but because that infection had done some pretty nasty things to my body. Uh, I had, uh, I developed uh, sepsis. So I had this huge, large number of very large abscesses on my liver. Uh, which is a pretty serious thing, and uh, also uh, you know, fluid and, and other j- crap and junk in my chest cavity, uh, preventing my lungs from operating well and, and making it hard to breathe. So I spent a total of 21 days in the hospital, 
and I had a number of procedures and surgery and I don't even know how many CAT scans and x-rays and whatever. I'm probably glowing at this point, but I came home uh, four days ago and uh, the big takeaway is that I'm better now. Like I'm not sick anymore. Like all is well, bad things have been removed from body bacteria, no longer active. And I'm just recovering now from uh, the experience, right. From surgeries and, you know, those kinds of things. So, so I'm, I'm better now, like no need or cause for alarm. I don't want anyone to freak out, but it's, you know, you spend 21 days in a hospital and 10 days before that completely clueless about what's going on. And there's just some, some serious uh, lessons that are learned. And I think that's the kind of core, you know, thing for me right now, uh, about what happened to me. Riley's having some video lag issues, some internet issues. So he, he just jumped out and he's going to jump right back in here in a moment. So we'll just kind of you know, stall a little bit while, while Riley gets back. But um, yeah, that was my experience. 21 days in the hospital. Uh, and, and now I'm home and back at work. There's Riley. Yeah. Um, having some lag issues. So I thought I'd back out and come back in. Um, but I think I caught most of what you were. Uh, yeah. I just, about. I just barely finished kind of telling the story of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was a scary deal for sure. Uh, I'll just say what was eye opening to me. And you talked about in the early days, like before you ended up in the hospital that, uh, you didn't like touch your computer or look at anything for, for a good stretch there. And so people know, like, contextually, that's very, very unusual for Jacob Paulson. Uh, there was a weekend where you told me you didn't look at your email for from from Friday all the way to Monday. And that is unusual. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, he really doesn't feel well. Because it takes a lot for this man to not check his email. I'm a workaholic as you know, that just is what it is. And so, you know, I'm a guy who puts in 60 to 70 hours. Well, yeah, 55 to 65 hours a week uh, because this company is my life. And uh, yeah, I, during those 10, those first 10 days before the hospital, I had a handful of like chunks of time where I felt okay. You know, two hours here, you know, the next day, an hour and a half, the next day, you know, two hours, and in those two hours, you know, I, I, I thought I'd feel like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness, I'm getting better, you know. And so you'd go run to the computer and you'd try and do a few things. But it was, uh, it was, a, it was, a, it was a bad man's game, and uh, it, it only deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was off to Utah teaching at the primary and secondary uh, training summit. And I had just talked to you on Friday. You were, you were going into to the urgent care and I was on my, I was driving to Utah. In fact, as we had that conversation and then a little while later, you either called me or messaged. I think you called me and said, you were on your way home and you're feeling a lot better. They gave you some drugs, checked you out, basically said, no, no, just, you know, keep, keep riding it out. And you felt better. And so you went home, but sometime between whenever it was, we talked on Friday and then 
the text message I got from your wife on Saturday, which was Jacob's in the hospital. And I was like, Oh snap. And I knew right then and there, like things were not good, obviously. And I knew that that also meant, you know, we, I think we were for a while there kind of like just sort of getting by. Cause we, we were like, ah, Jacob's going to get better and he'll be back and everything will be fine, you know, in a few days or whatever. And, uh, at that point I knew, okay, it's serious. And now we got to start like figuring out how to keep the business moving forward, uh, without you, which is, uh, which is easier said than done. Uh, the big thing there being that, uh, we were getting ready for a guardian conference and there were certain tasks that I think you were planning on taking care of. And then suddenly I realized, Oh, that I'm going to have to get that done. Uh, so anyway, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy and intense. And I, I spent a lot of late nights, even while I was away uh, teaching at the conference or at the training summit, starting to get ready for our own conference, which was two weeks later. So, but we got through that and uh, you had a rough go at it for three weeks in the hospital. You're, you're back now, uh, still recovering. Uh, you know, not, you don't have your full strength back or that kind of thing, but you're getting there. Um, but this whole episode is about five lessons that you wanted to share with us, with the viewership and the listenership. So, yeah. And I, and I should also just be very clear that there's a lot of people listening to this who have faced much more significant trials than I. Hmm. So this is not an intent to suggest that, you know, Oh my goodness. You know, I just went through the worst thing in the world and everybody listened to me. Um, this is just, this is just my experience. You know, this is just something happened to me. And I think that anyone who goes through a serious health crisis um, is going to learn some important lessons. And it's not my intent to, to put my experience on a pedestal or suggest that, you know, I'm unique or special in any way, because most, most people at least know someone um, close to them who's gone through things probably more significant than what I went through. So anyway, I just want to make that clear that, that, you know, I'm not not trying to make light of what happened, but I'm certainly not trying to uh, overplay it either. You know, there, there, you know, people lose people. If people die, that's a pretty serious trial in life. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm here. You know, we don't we don't we don't need to, you know, overplay it. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you sharing. I mean, because because you're right about that. There have been. Um, yes, many people have had many terrible challenges in life. Uh, this is just one challenge, one experience. In fact, simultaneously, and, and granted, it started a little bit before your own experience, but you and know, it's not we, over yet. We were worried about uh, Samuel Middlebrook, a uh, dear friend of ours. Um, he was supposed to be teaching at our conference, in fact. Um, you know, he's a member of the Active Self Protection staff. And uh, he came down with COVID in a big way, in a bad way, uh, six, seven weeks ago, probably at this point. And I'll be honest, I, I thought we were going to lose him. Things were really, really bad, really, really rough. Uh, if given the choice, I'm pretty sure you would just still go through what you just went through versus going through what he's been through. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, was, he wasn't awake for a week, you know, so. Longer than uh, that. Yeah. I, he was I, out I, for a while. Yeah. So it's all yeah. context, right? Like, yep. and I, I think the context is just important so that everybody understands, like, I'm not, yep. 
I'm not trying to overplay my trial. Like it's, it's cool. Yeah. Everyone has challenges. And I just happen to have a podcast platform where I get to talk about some <laughs> of the things I learned from that trial. Um, you know, and, and I, I have your, your bullet points, if you will, in front of me here. And, uh, there's some things here that I relate to from my own experiences I've had in my life. I've had yeah. some, I had a, an experience and I've talked about it here and there a time or two, but how badly I got hurt and almost killed myself, you know, not suicide, but like had a, had a bad construction accident and it could have been way worse than it was. And even then I still had a long road to recovery after it. So I, I, I didn't have to spend three weeks straight in the hospital but like you did, but there's definitely some, I could relate. So. Yeah. And I think everybody listening to this will be able to relate to some of these or all of these lessons. Let's so, get into yeah, it. The jumping in. Number one, um, I'm mortal. I, I, I think that sounds kind of obvious, but I don't know. I guess there's, there's this sense, you know, I'm, for those who are curious, I'm 38 years old. So I'm 38. And I'm pretty healthy dude. Like I don't exercise as much as I should, um, but I eat pretty dang well. My wife's a nutritional therapist. She's, you know, makes sure that I, I eat well. Um, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do any drugs. I've never done any drugs. I've never smoked. I've never drank, had a, a, a lick of alcohol in my life. Like my body is pretty clean. Um, and not to suggest any of those things are necessarily like bad, but they all have negative health consequences. If you didn't already know, uh, I, I sleep well, um, I'm physically fit. I'm, I'm in a good weight category for my height. Uh, I just, you know, I can go run a 5k in 22 minutes at the drop of a hat. I'm, I'm a healthy dude and my body has always been something I could count on. Like it's, it's just something you take for granted. At least I had. It's something I had taken for granted. I, I never considered the possibility that my body would fail me. Like it was not on the table for me. For me, I was confident with a hundred percent confidence. Like to the degree it never, it just never even crossed my mind. I just, I knew that whatever I needed to do, my body would would be there for me. Like that, that would not be the thing that would hold me back. If you'd asked me a month and a half ago, that's what I would have said, right? Like I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm young enough. I'm healthy enough that that's not going to be the thing that prevents me from doing whatever I want to do. And the first lesson I learned was just mortality, the sense that it, it, everyone is equally vulnerable. Certainly, you can you can do things that are unhealthy, and those things make you more prone to health crises. Frankly, right? Like, you just you can you can do things that weaken your immune system, and, the, and I don't need to get into that. This is not a medical lecture. I think we all know what a bunch of those things are. And yes, that makes you more vulnerable. But if you think that by not doing those things, you are not vulnerable, that it can't happen to you then you and I were on the same page about a month and a half ago. And I learned that that's not the case, that, that I'm vulnerable. This, this bacterial infection that wreaked some serious havoc in my body, it could happen to anybody. The doctors still don't even know how I got the infection. 
You know, I don't have any cuts or scrapes or bruises. I don't hang out with ferrets or chinchillas on the weekend. I don't. I haven't seen a needle in years. I, I don't. I haven't traveled out of the country or out of the state or out of my freaking hometown for for months. That you know, they have no idea. You know, the the best of the best have no concept whatsoever for how I got this infection, which means it can happen to anybody. You know, could could it could have been my kid, could have been my wife, could have been my mom, could have been Riley. So. I think that my attitude I had a month and a half ago was very dangerous and very not okay. Uh, I'm, I'm mortal. <laughs> like my body is as vulnerable as, as any, like there's just, there's vulnerability. It can happen to you. Now, I think the other half of that lesson, this is important, is that by taking care of your body, you, you, that doesn't mean you can avoid these things. It means that you can survive them. And, and doctors would come in all the time, especially in the, in the beginning. And they'd, they'd say, you know, yeah, you're sick. Like, yeah, we have to deal with this. We have to deal with that. But you're healthy. You're strong. You're going to be fine. Like there was never any point where my prognosis wasn't that I was going to end up at home and okay in the end. That There was never any fear of that. But a different person sitting in the same chair with the same um, physical challenges could have died, right? If they if they didn't have that going. So I think the first lesson I learned was I'm mortal. That means I'm vulnerable, and I have to acknowledge that and not take my my health for granted. And while I am vulnerable, and, and it could happen to me, can happen to anybody. Being healthy and doing the right things physically uh, means that I can survive it when it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, listening to you share those thoughts was like the thought that was coming to my mind uh, and and to kind of connect it with the overarching theme of our podcast, which obviously is concealed carry and self-defense related, uh, was just that, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to recognize that we are not invincible, uh, that we are mortal, that uh, it's easy to throw a gun on our hip and walk out in public and feel like nobody can touch us. But that is far, far, far from the, from the case. Uh, we, we absolutely uh, like the gun, the tool, whatever, doesn't grant us any special X-Men like power, you know, that uh, affords us, you know, the ability to escape uh, danger or threat to our health. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is just, just the overall, um, I mean, like we, we have to live our lives, right? Like to your point, anybody, anybody could have ended up with what you got. Could have happened anytime, anywhere. Um, heck the day that you first fell ill. Now, granted, you probably were, you probably already had this infection for some time would be my guess before it started making you feel ill. But uh, that day that you first went, you know, we we went we went we went out to lunch together with a business associate, had a good time, had had a couple of delicious juicy burgers, mm. and <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, haven't had as much of that lately while I've been in the hospital. You know, we, we had a good time, had a good chat, good meeting, uh, everything was fine, and we got back from that, and it was a short time after that you were like, mm, I kind of. Don't feel that hot. I'm going to go ahead and 
call it a day and head on home. I didn't think anything of it, you know, and, and you probably didn't either at that point. But anyway, point is like anything could happen at any time. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, it would be easy to, to think in terms of, well, you know, maybe I should not go anywhere or I should do, you know, take all these steps to try to avoid risk. Well, certainly we want to manage risk in a smart way, but we don't want to like be paranoid about life and the dangers of life and let that keep us from living our lives. Yeah, you you prepare, and in, in this case, I'm talking specifically about physical health, right? But you prepare so that you are overprepared. Not, and it's, it's the exact same thing as the gun. Like I, I can't avoid the gunfight, right? Like it, it just it's it can pick anybody at any time in any place, and so I just prepare for the gunfight. And in in my case, and I never thought of it this way before. It never occurred to me ever, but. But what I did for physical fitness did not make me immune from the health fight, right? It just it just made me prepared to, to win that fight. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing I think about is that, um, you know, in, in our context, our context, again, being the concealed carry self-defense realm, uh, it's very easy to be kind of gunfight focused, you know, thinking theoretically about that event should it occur that we might overlook some of the simple steps and things we could do to actually prolong our life and things that are higher risk uh, in terms of our health to begin with. I mean, and not to like fat shame anybody or do anything, you know, that way, but, but if you're making poor life choices right now, as it relates to your health, that could be all kinds of things. But you know, you're more likely to die from a heart attack or get cancer or that sort of thing than you are to end up in a gunfight. So if they're, and again, we can't always avoid all those things either. Some things just happen for whatever reason, but are there like the one thing we can say with pretty good scientific certainty is if you're way overweight, and not eating well and all this kind of stuff, like that's probably a greater threat to your life than a supposed gunfight that may or may not occur at some, at some point down the road. So, you know, earlier this year, I, I started taking steps to get my, myself in better physical health and conditioning. And I have made some progress in that way, but I am far from where I want to be and need to be. And your own experience has just reinforced my own personal desire of again, nothing might have prevented what you ended up with, but but it's just it, that that whole realization of our mortality just makes me go, okay, you know, at, at the end of the day, I carry a gun to protect myself so that I'm there for my family and to protect my family. But if I make poor life decisions that takes me from my my family at an early age, that might have been prevented with a healthier diet or, or, or better physical conditioning, like that would have probably been a better place to spend my time than I guess looking at guns or even going to shooting classes. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. All right. You ready for number two? Yeah. This is going to get a little sappy, but um, number two is this people love you. You know, I don't think, I'm going to try and hold it together, guys. Sorry, I'm an emotional wreck right now. 
I don't think anyone listening to this, like you, the person listening to me right now, like you can't truly understand how many people care about you and love you until you go through a horrible trial. Um, it, I just, I didn't understand. And I don't think most people understand how many people will, will come to your aid when you're down, you know? And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that I lived in some world a month and a half ago where I thought no one cared about me and I was depressed. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a loving wife. I got kids and, you know, I got friends and coworkers and things, but in the last 30 days, the amount of uh, love and support that came my way and, and toward my family as well was unbelievable. Uh, just shocking. Like there's no, there's no world where you can receive all that and, and not, change your paradigm about the world. People are good and people love you. People love you. Um, you know, I, we had people, I had people volunteering to fly to Oklahoma city to help us execute our event because they knew I wasn't going to be able to make it. Like, do you, do you, like I'll get on a plane right now, Jacob, and I will be there if you guys need help. We had, I had people, Family, you know, I mean, I, I got, I'm, I have a, I'm in a big family. I got a lot of siblings and we, you know, we're, we're, we're family. Like we talk, we, we're good, you know, but it's a whole different ball game when, when people are like, I'm in the car, I'm on my way. You know, I, I, I bought a ticket. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, it, it, you just, you don't understand how much you're loved until you suffer. Uh, we, our family didn't cook a meal. Like people were bringing us food for weeks, all three weeks I was in the hospital. We had some food delivered to us almost every day. So my wife didn't have to cook. That was huge, huge, right? When she's spending every moment she can at the hospital with me, um, people cleaned our house three Fridays in a row. Friends of my wife showed up and cleaned the house. Now, these are not people who know me from Adam, really, but they love my wife, right? And so because she's suffering, because I'm suffering, they show up. The support is there. Uh, I could go on and on. You know, the visitors that show up in the hospital, the people that you know from church that you don't don't think you're, you know, like you're friendly, it's fine, you know, but then all of a sudden you're suffering and they love you. So they step up to the plate. People who, you know, at the drop of a hat would go pick up the the kids from school because Amy just found out I have a procedure and she doesn't want to leave the hospital until it's over. Uh, That's my wife, Amy. So it's just, I don't, I, if you're listening to me right now, I don't know if you understand how much people love you unless you suffer. I think it takes suffering to to teach you how much you're loved. And I am very loved. And, uh, you know, that's a very emotional thing for me to accept and to deal with. 
But uh, yeah, that's that's the lesson number two to share is that you're loved. People love you. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there could definitely be more of that in this world. Um, you know, so often on this podcast, we talk about the violence in this world. And so much of that violence is caused by a lack of love. Um, and and probably a lack of seeing the love that others have for you. Like if you're a bad actor, in other words, and you know, if we're, if we're talking about in the, in the context of you know, how many times we have we talked about or covered uh, mass shootings on this podcast and, and there's a lot of reasons why bad things happen, but so often, you know, there's anger and frustration and, and hatred for others. And might that be different if there was more love and particularly if those, those individuals that perpetrate those crimes uh, could recognize the people in their lives that care for them uh, and could accept that, you know? Um, Wow. What would you say to someone that's listening to this podcast, if they are feeling lonely, like if, if, if there's anyone here listening today that feels like maybe there's not that many people out there that care for them or you need to go love others. That's, that's the answer. Like, go serve someone. Go find a nonprofit to, to volunteer your time at so that you can bless others. You know, go join a local community group or committee or, you know, cause and, and get involved. Like, go love others. Go serve. Go give yourself and your time and your energy. And uh, the world will show you very quickly that you're loved and that you're, you're, you're good and you're okay. And you'll form relationships obviously that have become very important to you. But, but I truly believe that the world will reward and give back to you what you put out. So the answer is go and get involved, go and give, uh, give of yourself, give of your time and, 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 sh- and love others. And you will quickly learn that you're loved. Uh, hopefully you don't have to have some sort of crisis or trial, but if you'll go give, you'll learn that you're loved. I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, 100%. You will discover where you fit into this world by loving and serving others. And it's a funny thing. You love others and that love is reciprocated. And yeah. Anyway, yeah, you just have to care. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, if anyone's out there listening and, and you're feeling like you're feeling a little lonely and I know it's, it's easy to do lip service to this and just say like, well, just do this. Life's not always that simple and straightforward, but um, I would say this much. I think you've realized this and I've realized the the same thing as well myself um, that uh, if you feel like there's someone out there that doesn't, or that if you feel like you are someone that's out there that doesn't have 
um, others that love and care for you, um, you might be surprised. You might be surprised. Uh, I know that I've been surprised and, uh, find ways to give. Um, ready to next one. Number three. So this lesson's about self pity versus gratitude. It's natural when you're dealing with something like what I dealt with and and many other trials in life to feel self-pity. And I struggled a lot with self-pity because it is natural. Like you just, there's something very human-esque that when you suffer, you want to say, this isn't fair. Like it's not. Like, it's not my fault. Like, why, what did I do to deserve this? I'm not, you know, I'm entitled to to a better situation than this. I've worked hard or I've done whatever. And so this isn't fair. And that self-pity is very destructive. And, but it's natural. It's just kind of the way you feel, you know? And so there were just a lot of horribly lonely personal moments in the hospital or in sickness where, that self-pity starts to creep in, right? You start to just wallow in it a bit. And it it's hard, but it's critical. And it's the only way you heal to just push that out and recognize and have some perspective and some gratitude. I'll, I'll give you a couple of specific examples. I, I was about a week in and about a week in was not a fun time in that hospital you know, we're trying to suck all this crap out of my liver, uh, recognizing all of a sudden that, oh, geez, there's a, you know, your chest cavity is full of fluid also. And uh, not a lot of good news, not a lot of good feelings. And so I'm feeling a little self-pity. And uh, I get a call from my mom. And my mom tells me that someone I knew growing up, someone actually who shared the same birthday as me, uh, born in the same hospital as I am, as I was at the same time I was like our moms were in the hospital together bearing children. Right. So this is someone who, uh, so I, you know, we were not close friends growing up, but I knew this person relatively well. And my mom calls me and tells me this person has just passed away. They're dead. They, uh, single mom, she left behind four kids. And that gives a, a lot of perspective you know, when you're sitting in that hospital bed feeling sorry for yourself, feeling like, you know, why me? And, you know, I don't deserve this. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, FYI, this person of your exact age just died and left behind. And that's pretty, uh, pretty life-changing. You mentioned Samuel Middlebrook. Uh, I didn't look at Facebook a single time while I was in the hospital, with with the exception, uh, my my phone would notify me when Samuel Middlebrook would post a uh, an update. So I I read every single one of those because they made me feel better about myself. They made me feel grateful. You know, here I am wallowing, feeling like I'm you know why me, whatever. And then you read about someone who's who's dealing with a more significant health crisis than you. Um, as, as I started to improve in the hospital, I'd start to take laps, you know, I'd get out and walk, right? And, and I just walking around the floor, 
of the hospital. It's not like you're going outside or something. But as you're walking around the hospital, you're you're going past all the other rooms, and you're seeing the people in those rooms, and and you're you know you're seeing that they're hooked up to more machines than you are, uh, and that they're you know struggling to breathe or you know whatever other challenges and and it's just really critical to have this perspective um, of gratitude because because the only way to heal pity and 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 self pity is is with gratitude. Like and there and I know it sounds ridiculous to to feel grateful. Um, when you're dealing with some sort of trial, whether that's your mom's in the hospital or your kid is is sick or you buried your child or you know any number of of minor to very significant life challenges that that, that you might be dealing with, mine you know, turned out to be relatively minor, but but the only way <laughs> to truly like emotionally be healed is to get rid of the self-pity and replace it with gratitude to feel grateful that for the for the blessings for the things that are going well you know that, it, that it's not worse than it is and i had several moments like that i'm a i'm a religious man so i had several moments like that where i felt like the lord was trying to show me that it wasn't that bad that it was okay and I had I had one moment very very particular that's kind of personal and sacred, but I had this moment where I just kind of had this realization, uh, in a very special way, that this this infection that took me to the hospital, my kids could have gotten it just as easily as me, right? Or my mom, who's not you know as you know she's old, <laughs> you know, or any number of, of of people I care about could be in this bed instead of me. And I thought, holy crap, like I'm, I'm strong enough, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not some tough guy, like I'm not special, but, but I'm strong enough. I'm healthy enough that I'm making it through this, but there's a large number of people I care about that I love that this would have, this could have killed them, or it could have just been so challenging emotionally for me that they would, they would, I would much rather it be me than them, right? Like, like my children. And so you those were moments of deep gratitude, right? In those moments, that, that gratitude was one of, I'm glad it's me and not them, you know? So anyway, that, that's lesson number three is self-pity has to be replaced with gratitude. It's the only way to come out on the other side whole. Mm. That's excellent, man. Um I don't think I can add anything to that. So let's go on to number four. Number four, there are times in life when you really have no control. You're completely helpless and you have to trust your life and outcome to others. It's, these are hard moments, moments when, you know, for in my, in my case, in my example, I'm sitting there and there's just, zero I can do to affect the outcome. Nada. Like there's no exercises I can be doing. There's no, there's just, there's just nothing. Like I'm just going to lay in this bed and hope that the medical professionals like get it right. Cause there's nothing I can do. I am completely and horribly 
helpless. Like it's just it's completely out of your hands. And and those moments are really hard. And I think that they're harder for some of us than others. It's not my personality to allow that. It's certainly not my wife's personality either. Right. And so you you struggle to cling on to the little things you have influence over. You know, in the case of my wife, she had influence over how much time she spent in that hospital sitting next to me, right? In balance with taking care of our children and not abandoning them. But but that's something she had control over. So that's something she grasped onto, right? I had control over how late I stayed up watching TV in the hospital. So, you know, I had control over trying to sleep. I had control over trying to eat versus saying, I just don't have an appetite. And so you you just you yearn for control over something, and it's hard to 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 acknowledge that sometimes you have none, you have no control. You just completely put your hand your life in the hands of someone else, and that was really hard. And I don't know if I could have prepared better for that. If something you know in my life could have helped me understand that. But I never understood that. I never conceptually was mentally or emotionally prepared to to just let go and say, there's nothing I can do. Nothing. You know, and, and obviously there were moments where there were things I could do and I did have some control over, but but for the large portion of the time, nothing. You're just gotta let go. And understanding that I think is an, an important lesson. Yeah. I know that uh, on our show, we dance around very partisan political issues and also uh, religious issues uh, because we're all about concealed carry and the guns. Um, But listening to you talk about trusting our lives fully to, you said, others, um, Knowing you, I imagine that also includes trusting yourself to God. Any other yeah, thoughts? You just have about to let go. That? Yeah, you have to say, I hope someone else, you know, I hope you got this. You know, to, and that, that's the message to various people, certainly to, to the Lord, right, the Savior, but also to the doctors and those nurses and those people in the labs and the surgeon and the whatever doc, you know, involved endless number of people who took care of me but but yeah it's just it's just this sense of like okay like i i will let go now like i get it i need to let go and and it's okay to just just say someone else has got this and i'm just gonna have to be okay with that Uh, and, and knowing you uh it's a hard thing to do because you like to be in control don't you the circle of influence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as do I, as do many of us. Most people, at least in some respect, like to be in control of their lives, at least feel as though they're in control of their lives. And then there's these things that happen that removes that control from us. And boy, that is a humbling experience. Um. So that brings us to number five, which I think is an important 
thing to consider here. And again, in the context of this podcast, like we need to understand those things that make us tick and that define our mission, if you will. What's number five? Number five is you reevaluate what's important real fast. Uh, there's just so many things, you know, I, I mean this in a very serious way. I, I lost a month of my life. Like it's just gone. And so you think about all the things you do, you know, all the, oh, you know, maybe you're involved in a, a, a local sporting team, you know, oh, I just, I, you know, part of my bowling team, or I like to play basketball or man, I love watching the whatever, you know, Broncos and you know, whateverness. And, uh, you know, I, I love going out on the weekends with my friends to do X, Y, Z, or you just, you know, think about all those activities in your life and just, you know, in a blink of an eye, just kiss them all goodbye. And, and they're gone for a month. Like that's, that's what happened to me. And you just real quick, you, you, you figure out you're not thinking about the Broncos anymore. You're not thinking about, you know, how your bowling league, I don't bowl. That's, 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 <laughs> that's a random example. I actually really suck at bowling, but, but you, you know, just all these things just fall by the wayside and really quickly, you just snare, like you're you're mentally and emotionally forced to just narrow in on the very few things that are important to you in your life, right? And it, it ends up being a pretty dang short list. Um, you know, like you just I was worried about my kids. You know, how are the kids doing? How are the kids doing? Right. Kids basically couldn't visit me in the hospital by nature of COVID-related restrictions on visitors. So, you know, how are the kids doing? You know, worried about your, I was worried about my wife, you know, and the burden that she was carrying. Um, and I was worried about my business because I'm not afraid to admit that this business is my life. Like it's a significant part of my identity and who I am and what I care about. So you just, you just, it just, it just shrinks down so fast. And it's even little things like, for example, today uh, here at the house, my wife was dusting and she was joking. She's like, I haven't dusted in a month and a half. Well, you know, a month and a half ago, it was very important that our house be really clean and that, you know, things get dusted once a week. Heaven forbid, you know, we don't dust every week. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, one day you're like, yeah, dusting doesn't matter right now. Like, don't, didn't even cross our mind right? That the house wasn't getting dusted. And we had, I mentioned some people came in and cleaned the house, but they didn't dust every little picture frame, right? Uh, they, they were doing some the major cleaning. You know, it may be like just so many little things that you, 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 you put so much importance on, right? Like, oh, heaven forbid the laundry not get done. Heaven forbid I don't do daily accounting and bookkeeping for my business. Heaven forbid, you know, that, that we don't pay all these invoices on time. But all of a sudden it's like, how critical is that? How important, like, is it, I need to know how important it really is. Cause if it's not that important, we need to, we just need to set it aside right now. Cause the bandwidth we have is extremely limited. Right. And so I, you know, coming back to work and seeing the things that you, you know, that the team and you uh, attempted to, to manage and the burden that you attempted to carry 
that's very humbling, but obviously not everything could be done. Like there were just things that didn't get done. And, and so you're listening to this right now. And I got to tell you, one of those things was the podcast, right? How important is it really that we publish this podcast? And I got to tell you clearly, you know, whether deliberately or not, that fell by the wayside. It became something that wasn't life or death to keep the ship afloat. And so in your personal life, it's the same thing. You quickly identify the things that just just don't actually matter that much. And we get wrapped up so much in the tiny details of our lives, the way our neighbors perceive us, is my lawn green enough? right? The, 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 how awesome the car is that I drive. If I got a sweet shirt to wear to the match, you know, the US, USPSA match I'm going to shoot in next week. Like just, you know, do I got cool 5'11 pants or not? Uh, you know, is, is, can my dog beat up your dog? Like, I don't know, like just these trivial things that consume so much of our energy. And, and, and when crap hits the fan, it just doesn't matter. And and so I hope that I can I remember that, right? Because it's I'm transitioning back to my normal life now. And you just gotta remember that basically the vast majority of the things that we spend our time and energy on probably don't matter at all. If if I can ignore it for 30 days, how important is it really? So Anyway, it's just you you quickly have to identify your priorities and and what's really important in your life. Mhm. Yeah. I appreciate, you know, the the kind way in which you said, you know, that myself and our team attempted to do some things. <laughs> many many fires that still need to be put out. But oh, yeah. but it was okay. Right. Like the ship is still afloat. And that's the point. Like you got the team had to prioritize, right? Yeah. Like what has to be done. Yeah. And, and it's okay to say, well, then there's going to be some things we don't do and that we normally would do, you know, the conference, there's a long list of things we wanted to do at that conference that just at some point, someone probably Riley, you had to say, I, we're not going to do that because it's not critical and we don't have the bandwidth and we have to prioritize what we're going to do. And, and I think we just, you know, that's a, that's a business example, but there's things in your personal life that are similar. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, we suddenly found ourselves in a place where prioritization became very important because there's only so many hours in a day. And the one thing that we could not have happen is to have a, is have our first ever guardian conference fail. Or to miss payroll, or, you know, yes. to not pay our employees. Like, yes. sorry, guys, Jake has been in the hospital. No one's getting paid this this week. That was unacceptable, right? So, yeah, they're just, yep. you, you prioritize. Yeah, yeah, so true. And kind of back to my brief comments at the beginning of this section of this episode, it's those things that are truly important that we need to, Make sure our make sure that we're aligning our our goals with you know that that um, again I mean we've talked about the I'm just I'm trying I'm looking for connections to 
concealed carry and self-defense. And, and one thing that we've talked for sure before about is uh, how, you know, people will, they'll, they'll cross lines, right? Where it's like, hey, that dude's trying to steal my truck. So I'm going to go out there and try to stop him. And I've got my gun in my hand. And things uh, then things suddenly go south. And before you know it, you fired shots. And maybe you fired shots at somebody that's escaping and was not ever really a threat to you. So you just use deadly force to try to defend property and property only. But you got caught up in the moment, the heat of the moment, the excitement, all that. Or it's just the wrong attitude of, I can't let this man get away because, you know, he's just going to go off and commit a crime somewhere else or hurt somebody else or steal somebody else's things. And so, but you know what? You got to keep things in perspective. You know, there's, there's understanding the law and what the law permits and permits us to do. And we got to make sure we're aligned with that because what's most important to me that I'm there for my family. If it's your truck, you got a problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and now some, some people argue, well, that's my livelihood, you know, and that therefore that's, that, that's the, the tool or the thing that permits me to be able to support my family. But if you're behind bars or in the hospital with a gunshot wound. Yeah. Cause you got hurt. So you see, that's why we gotta, we gotta always make sure we, our practices, our ideals, our methods, our, our decision-making, all that we need to make sure is aligned with what our true mission is. And at the core of that are those things like what you just got done talking about that are, that are really, truly important to us. Uh, and, and that list, I, I actually appreciated the way you said, like that list is very short. It's a very short list. Those things that really, truly matter. And it's easy to, especially in the moment, and especially when we get excited or anxious or, you know, whatever it is, stressed out, it's easy to overlook what those really, truly important things are. We see it happen all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can add to that without just rambling. But uh, I guess the point is you don't want to have to go through something really terrible, awful, or difficult in order to learn that. And so it's an opportunity for me coming back from that experience and now having my life back to, to stop and say, well, wait a minute. I, I just went 30 days without, without doing this or thinking about this or being involved in X. Maybe I don't need to do that all the time. Maybe that's something I should take a step back from. Um, and and as, so I think if you're listening to this, maybe it's just a time for reevaluation and, and saying, hey, you know, am I – Am I aligning my time, my energy, and my resources with my true priorities or not? Uh, and you know that, that doesn't mean that you can't be on the bowling league if that's something you enjoy. Like oh, it's all good. I'm not trying to, you know, pop anyone's balloon. Um, I just think we need to evaluate and make sure we're we're aligned properly. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well. We are so grateful to have you back, to have you back uh, healthy and whole. I mean, you're not, again, you're still f- some time for you to get fully um, back to your previous strength and 
and uh, capacity, but uh, but you've got the worst behind you, and you're back in the saddle again. I mean, like I said, a week ago, I would not have guessed that just a week later, I'd be on the podcast with you. In fact, even talking about it this morning, I wasn't sure if you were going to want to do it today, but yeah, here you are. So thank you. Yep. No need for concern. No need for well wishes and emails. I am healthy. The sickness is gone and I am recovering just fine. So, um, you know, my trial was relatively short for many, you know, 30 days, 21 in the hospital, but I'm okay now and it's okay. It's, it's all good. You know, we're, we're moving right along. And now we move forward. You know, this is the, the end of our third season now, the podcast. Uh, I know some some of you probably still think it's silly that we even chose to create these this season concept. But, uh, but starting next week, we will begin season four. And we'll start over at episode one of season four. And we've got some exciting things coming. Um, I'm going to say that I'm actually planning on bringing some more guests on the podcast here in the future because I've got some really good ones uh, in the pipeline. Folks that I have, I mean, just as an example, I've spent a lot of time in recent history at training conferences with some amazing people and amazing instructors. I want to get some of their perspectives out to each of you on our podcast here. Um, and we're going to keep, you know, banging and doing, doing our thing here at concealedcarry.com, you know, trying to, trying to make ourselves better as people and make the company better and, you know, continue to bring better content, better resources, better information, better products to all those of you that are our followers and our customers and our supporters. And we appreciate all of you. Well said. So, um, yeah, that's all we got today. I, I know a different episode. Um, I hope you got something out of it and, or at the very least gave you some pause to reflect. So with that, we're going to, we're going to sign on out of here. Uh, one more shout out to our sponsors whom we gratefully appreciate. Um, I mentioned it in today's earlier episode, episode uh, 14, CCW safe. That was, they were immensely supportive of the Guardian Conference, and that would not have happened without them and their support. But their support also this podcast and uh, also Access Sites, same thing. Uh, so, guys, uh, we appreciate your support of our sponsors that support us and make what we do here possible. So, give them some love, follow them on social media, their YouTube channels, and you know, buy their products. And we appreciate that if you do. So, with that, we will sign on out of here. Jacob. Train right, time. train often, train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Perfect. Take care, folks. We'll see you.